It's a joy to be here. I'm so excited. Um, may I prophesy, Pastor? Um, So, um, the group on stage really, really reminded me of my more youthful days. I'm still very youthful, <laughs> but my more youthful days, you know. You remember campus, very, don't you? I mean, you the lag, you know, 84 to 88, um, massive days, you know. God did something ex ex really extraordinary. Um, I wanted to say to you guys, I don't know your ages, but I suspect you're a bit younger than me, um, who were on the stage just then. I want, I want to say something to you. I felt God stirring my spirit to say something to you. I didn't know what, but I'm here now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these guys. Lord, 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 Lord. Seven on, seven on, seven on, seven on, seven on. Seven on, seven on, seven on, seven on, seven on. Ah, the heat, the pretty bit Okay, so um, I want to speak to somebody who's sort of on the borderline of uh, depression. You're really struggling a bit with your mental health. Even your closest friends don't know about it. Okay, so you, you cry alone. Or you struggle alone. You were on this stage this morning. Um, I want to say to you that the Lord is fighting for you. And uh, when we say the Lord is fighting for you, you know, I just got another flash now. It's, it's not like the fight of men. There is a strategy. Because if the Lord did that, you know, everything changes. But there's a strategy in place. You're going through what you're going through for a purpose. Okay? You might have heard it before, but I'm speaking to you as a son of oil this morning. It's for a purpose. You will find me sometime in the future, and you will testify about that purpose. Okay? There is a purpose. It's so that you may comfort others in the future. It's an empathetic strategy that the Lord is working in your life right now. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with you. All right? If that's you, I want to say to you, there's nothing wrong with you. You're going through a strategic move of God. It will play out in due time. What you need to do is embrace the cross. Constantly say, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Lord, Lord, my Father. And it will work out very quickly. Your tears will dry up. In the name of Jesus. You will be strengthened. All your spiritual muscles will be worked very well. And you will come out much stronger at the other end. And become a coach and a mentor to others. In the name of Jesus. I see somebody else struggling with mom and dad. Mom and dad. There's a, there's a fight. And it's been going on for a while. It's a lady. There's a fight and it's been going on for a while. Mom and dad. Now, I'm not really sure if this is a young person or an older person. Uh, yeah, in their 30s. That's what I just heard, in their 30s. There's a struggle with mom and dad. The Lord is the prince of peace. 
I pray peace into that situation right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Whatever the enemy is meaning for evil right now, I command it to turn for good. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray peace. 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 I see something unraveling. It's an unhealthy tie, but it's unraveling even as I speak. It is unraveling. It is loosening. Loosening. I pray a mediator as well, gifted with the wisdom of God into your situation. The wisdom of God, a mediator gifted with the comes in and is unraveling that tie right now. And it will be well in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Finally, for this time anyway, uh, there was a, a young man on here. Um, second one here, brown top. Sort of flat top hair. Where are you? Uh, that, yeah, there you are. There you are. It's all right. You can stay where you are. There you are. I see you in the throes of decision. Don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if it's work or study, but in the throes, you're in the valley of decision. Uh, As soon as I came in, I saw it actually. As soon as I saw you, I saw it. In the valley of decision. Okay. So uh, don't be in a hurry to choose. Okay. Wait on it. Wait on it and pray through as we used to say. Pray through. Pray hard. Don't be in a hurry to choose. What seems very attractive may not actually be all it seems to be. Ah, You probably heard that, read that somewhere before as well. But I'm really speaking to you this morning by the Spirit of God. Pray through. Pray through. Value of decision. Because the choices you're going to make now are going to be very, very important. Okay? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this young man. In the name of Jesus, I ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge. Oh God, that the eyes of his understanding will be enlightened. He will know the hope of your calling. He will be certain of the future to which you have called him. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be light, there will be light, there will be more light unto the perfect and mature day. Father, in the name of Jesus. May he hear your voice clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Okay, let me share some uh, word with you um, quickly. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be reading from verse 11. Got a word for you this morning. So walk with me. Walk with me, and uh, we just might learn something. <laughs> there's, a, there's a chance we might learn something. <laughs> uh, even myself, you know, there's a chance I might stumble on something right now. Hmm? I never rule it out. So, Ephesians chapter 4, I read from the Amplified Bible, which I know your pastor likes very much. I've never seen anyone read the Amplified as much as him, you know. 
Amplified Bible, and his gifts, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. His intention was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints. That's where we're heading. The perfecting, that is the maturity, if you want to use another term for it. The perfecting or the maturity and the full. Somebody say full. It's not half, it's not quarter, it's not three quarters, it's not nine-tenth. It's the full equipping of the saints. That is what the ministry gifts do. Or supposed to do. That's part of what I am contributing to this morning. So that we may be mature. So that we may be perfect. And we may be fully equipped. It says that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body. That they should do. That they should do. I'm going to just be emphasizing some things. These are familiar passages to most of us. If you've been in church for any length of time. They're familiar passages. So I just want to emphasize certain phrases, certain words, and stir up your minds as to why are these phrases there in the way that they are? Okay? So, so that, he says, that they should do. There is a doing. There is a work to be done. Okay? The perfecting and the equipping of the saints is so that we may do something, not so that we may Instagram it or Facebook it. It's so that we may work, so that they may do, and they work. There is a work to be done. We labor, we work. That's why we hear, well done, good and faithful servant in the day that is to come. Because we have worked. So that they may do the work of ministering towards building up. There is a work of building up. If you've ever been on a construction site, and our house was a construction site for a few months in the last couple of years, a part of it anyway, you know about the building up of something. It never looks like what it's going to look like. Hmm? It never looks like what, like what it's going to look like. I can show you a video of a certain part of our building that we, we, we renovated and then see what it turned into. I'm sure those who were here when this building was being renovated know what I'm talking about. It never looks like what it's going to look like. The building up of Christ's body. So this work, we're not just told to do work. There is a work to be done, of course, to meet your obligations and your bills in life. But there is also a work about building up the body of Christ. Somebody says that uh, the body of Christ is going to be built up anyway. That is true. But we, are, we have the privilege of cooperating with him and partnering with him in building up his body. Building up the body of Christ is our privilege for which I am eternally grateful. Sometimes it reduces me to tears. It's like, Lord, you know, like the psalmist said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is Femi that you are mindful of him? What can I bring? What, 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 what do I have 
to build your body up. You are Lord, master absolute of the universe. What can I bring to add value to your body? Nevertheless, he says, I, 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 I want you to. <laughs> it's like when I used to, when my son was that much now. Actually, I, earlier on as we were worshiping, I mean, I, I saw my son upstage here. I don't know what's going on. He's probably not going to believe it when I say it to him. Um, I'm going to bring him here, I think. You know, um, well, we'll see how that works out. But anyway, his mother's probably thinking, really? <laughs> okay, well, we'll see how it goes. It might be an adventure. But, you know, when he was that small, and he always wanted to be part of the building process. Because, you know, where I am, we don't, if anything goes wrong, we don't always call on the carpenter, the electrician, the plumber. We do most of the things ourselves. DIY. Okay, because the cost of the, 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 cost of the carpenter, electrician, plumber is more than I earn per hour. Tradesmen in the UK, they are good earners. So you have to try and fix it first. Then when you fail, you call one in. So all the times that I'm trying to fix things, the boy will come around, Papa, I want to do that. I want to, okay, take the screwdriver. Okay, like that. No, you can't bend it like that. The screw is going to go this way and all that. So there is, there is a learning to be done in the building work. There is a mentoring. There is an apprenticeship to be done. In the building work of the body of Christ as well. All that is embedded in these few phrases. The understanding of it is, is, in, is, is within it. These are intricate sentences. It builds itself up. The whole body grows when each part is working as it should. Now skip with me to verse 16. For because of him, the whole body... The church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. And we could stop there for a while, but no, I'm going somewhere. That's for another day. Here is the highlighted part for me. When each part, somebody say each part. When each part with power adapted to its need is working, that word again, that verb again, when each part is working, not when each part exists, or when each part recognizes, or when each part has knowledge, it is when each part is doing what? Working. There is a job to be done, folks. I've come here this morning to tell somebody, you need to work and I don't mean just to earn money, but in the body of Christ, in the building of the body of Christ, you need to work. Nobody's excused from working in church. Everybody got to work. Everybody got to do something. When each part with power adapted to its need, again, that's another message in itself, but there is an infusion of the Holy Spirit when we're committed to a certain task and to a certain vision. Power adapted to its need is working in all its functions. Then what happens? It grows. The body grows to full maturity. When we are all working. When we are all working. When we are all working. In all of its functions. 
I just had an example as I was studying on this. You know, a hand. Here is a hand here. Multiple functions. All of our bodies have multiple functions. We don't always think it, but when you pause and you think and you meditate, think with this same hand I can hold. With this same hand I can grasp. With this same hand I can be tender with my wife. With this same hand I can defend my family. I can form a fist. With this same hand I can scratch. With this same hand I can do all sorts of things you might find despicable. <laughs> right? In all of its functions. All of its functions. You have more than one function. But they will be revealed as you begin to work. As you begin to get stuck in, as we say. As you begin to engage. More and more of your functions will be revealed. Okay? When I was 19, when I was 20, I was in the singing group, as we called it on campus then. Then I ended up leading the group. Then I ended up leading the fellowship. Then I ended up, I never, I never really thought I would be a teacher of the word. But functions manifest and they grow and they change. And it could be in the opposite direction, opposite of the popular direction that is. I've known leaders of churches who have resigned. I'm just going to do something else in the church. <laughs> because they realize this is the season to do something else. And they just hand it up over to somebody else and go and do something else. Functions. Our purpose, our point is to grow the body of Christ. That is the privilege. The privilege is not for me to stand here looking beautiful, which I know I am. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. You can take photos later. But the, the point is, the, 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 the point is to grow the body of Christ and make it glorious. Of course, we have fun while we're at it. We enjoy ourselves while we're at it. But remember, the body of Christ is what is supposed to grow. In so doing, we grow with it. Or in our growing, we grow the body of Christ. We grow the body of Christ. I said, we grow the body of Christ. Yeah. Let me read part of that, that scripture to you from the Pas um, Passion Translation. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me read from verse 12 from the Passion. And the calling is to nurture and to prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this... They will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Listen to this, verse 16. Excuse me. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. There's a temptation. If you read that in a very over-spiritualized manner, you would think that divine gifts only mean prophecy and all these sort of intangible processes that we engage in. Every aspect of me is divine. <laughs> Made in the image and the likeness of God. 
is divine. Now, what qualifies us as, div as divine compared to anybody else is Christ within and the purpose of our expressions. Are you with me? So, we, when we carry Christ, we are divine. Everything about us, every gift we have is divine. And that's in comparison to those who do not carry Christ. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Not to expend on themselves or to glory within. And as these gifts operate effectively, effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and we are made perfect in love. Every capability and capacity that we have is a divine gift. And when operating effectively, there is an effectiveness that we need to achieve in the body of Christ. In the same way that, has anything ever, you know, the, the human body is wonderful. I'm not a medical person or whatever, but I, I do read a little. Um, the, the human body is, is absolutely glorious. It's, it's wonderful. The things we're capable of without even thinking like that. Yeah? Something like that. Like without even thinking. The things we do we, without even thinking. Like, do you know, I, I don't need a, a gyroscope or something like that to keep this hand steady and try to maintain the same distance between my mouth and the mic, even when I'm coming down. It's just what we do. <laughs> and you don't think about it too much. But has anything ever gone wrong with your body? It has with mine. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to mention it. Think, when things go wrong, that's when you know that you've taken a lot for granted. Then things are no longer effective. That movement there, not everybody can do it. In fact, some of you that think you are really fit may even have a problem doing that. I remember 2008, something like that. And I had a real problem lifting this left leg into the bath. It just developed out of, almost out of nowhere. A real problem, just putting this. Ah, I said, my village people are here too. <laughs> Even in Wales. Ah, ah, down, go, go. You know how that? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> so, so, ah, so I had to find, that's when you start adapting. And too many people are adapted to things that have gone wrong. That's why you find people walking like this sometimes. Because that's the only way they can walk pain-free. Yeah? What's my point? Effectively. When things are working effectively, they are so much more productive. Effectively. But once I went to the physio, and I had some exercises given to me, I said, do this, do that. 
Yes, do this, do that. Maybe you did this, maybe this is what caused it. Sometimes they're not even able to pinpoint what caused it, but they give you good exercises, they give you posture, and, and as it happens, my daughter graduated physiotherapy as well, so she got into it, well, even before she was a physio, you know, do this, do that, and, and we're back. <laughs> we're back, you know, for a long time. And then something else went wrong. And then something else went wrong. Overstraining, overexercising, over this, over that. But my point is about effectiveness. When things are working effectively, we can be much more productive and fruitful. So therefore, in the same way that the physio treats me, in the same way that I adopt regular exercises that I do pretty much five days a week to strengthen certain parts, like I heard somebody say once, they were interviewing a lady once, said, why do you exercise so much? She said, you know, when I'm 75, I just want to be able to get off the toilet on my own. <laughs> you may laugh. It's the truth. There's some people who can't get off the toilet on their own. That's why they have bars, disability bars and toilets. I saw my dad in his old age and I thought, Jesus, please don't let me be like this at this age. Lovely man and everything, but he needed care. Can't be with the Lord now. He was in his mid-80s then. And, and he could not get off the toilet on his own. And it made me cry. Only a few years ago, it made me cry. Because I thought, the human was not designed for this. But we will fight back. And so I exercise. Those of you who don't, you need to pick up one or two exercises. Okay? My wife walks miles a day. Miles and miles. <laughs> and you can, you can multitask. You can double, you know, you can multitask. You can do things while you're walking. Okay? I know some people say, it's not safe to walk around here, Pastor. Ah. Well, it's safe to walk in your parlor, isn't it? You can walk in your backyard too. Okay? And also, but that's, that I digress. My point here is about effectiveness. We must be healthy and strong to be effective. Not just physically now, but in our attitudes and all. Let me move on quickly. One more passage of scripture. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, again, familiar scripture. You all know the sort of renewing of your mind, one, two. Let's go to verse three. Romans 12, three, amplified again. For by the grace, the unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought to. Not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought to. But you see what's implicit in that statement is that you are thinking and estimating yourself. Okay, are you with me? All the English students in the house. <laughs> Implicit in that statement is that you are thinking and estimating yourself. It's called self-appraisal. Self-assessment. Self-awareness. Okay, it's, don't keep saying, I've got nothing, I'm not this, I'm not that. You've got something. You are something. <laughs> You've got a lot. You've got a lot to offer. Okay, moving on. 
more highly than he ought to, not to have an exaggerated importance, opinion of his own importance, that is the problem, but rather to rate his ability, that is the appraisal, with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by him, by God to him. You see, the rating of your ability is directly connected to the degree of faith. Rate his ability according to the degree of faith. Rate your ability according to the degree of faith. So part of the work of faith is to be able to rate your own ability. Are you with me? Now you may have read that and rushed over it, but part of faith, and we are a people of faith, I know this is a faith church. Part of the usefulness of faith is for me to be able to appropriately rate my own abilities. I've tried to develop that through the years. What I can't do, I can't do. But I can learn to do it. It's good for a man to know, like uh, <laughs> the gladiator said, you know, when, uh, when Caesar was conquering Germany and they kept fighting and the guy came and said, it's good for a people to know when they have been defeated. <laughs> it's, it's good for a man to know when you should just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> And go away. Rate your ability. But also positively, it's good for a person to know that I can do that. I can be more than I am constricted to be right now. So degree of faith helps us to rate our abilities. And I don't have time to go into the mechanics of that really to sort, sort of break that down and see how do we actually do that. I just want you to see that connection for this morning. See that connection. Your faith is not just about acquiring things. Oh, that's been bastardized so much. Your faith is primarily about being saved, recognizing that you need help from God's wrath and being saved through Christ Jesus. Additionally, it's about rating where you stand. Etc., etc. Moving on. Verse 4. For as in one physical body, remember I was using the example of the body earlier on, we have many parts, many organs and members, and all these parts do not have the same function or use, so we. Yeah? For as in, so we. For as, so we. Okay? You skip the, lit, the, the words in between and you see where it's going. Okay. For as in one physical body, all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ. I don't think anybody has a huge difficulty with that. All right. Here is the difficulty though for many people. And individually, we are parts one of another. Mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, faculties, talents, and qualities that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. The difficulty many times for people is seeing that our interconnectivity, seeing that interconnectivity. You see, the church, unfortunately, ah, I'm not the guy that brings accusations against the church. It's the body of Christ. But unfortunately, I hear too much 
of megalomania. I hear too much of individual aggrandizement, individual success and profit, individual I am going to be, I am going to be. By faith, I will be, I will be. Did you know that most of the you's, as in Y-O-U, in the New Testament are plural you's, they are not singular you's. They were not designed for singular appropriation. They were designed for community appropriation. In the same way that the things my hand can do is not just for my hand, it's for my whole body. Most of the use of the New Testament are about us. Interconnectivity, interdependence. So just like a physical body, the body of Christ ought to behave like that as well. So that when my hand functions, it's to the well-being of my body. When my hip functions right, it's for the well-being of my body. When my eyes function right, it's for the well-being of my body. Therefore, I ought to help my eyes, my, my, the hand ought to help the eye function well. Do you remember? When I thought I had something in my eye a few weeks ago, it was so uncomfortable for a whole day. I think a, a part of my eyelash must have broken off and just stayed in there. I used all kinds of eye drops. I washed in water. It was so uncomfortable. But guess what was helping my eye? What was trying to help my eye all the time? My fingers. <laughs> my fingers. Guess what took my eye to the bathroom for a wash? My legs. My legs, we, 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 we maybe don't stay with these ideas for long enough. The image of the physical body helps us to understand how the body of Christ ought to function. That interconnectivity. There are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. There should be no lone rangers. We are to work together. At this point, I'm going to do a bit of a plug. I do have a book out. I don't talk about it much. Well, actually, maybe I do. <laughs> you know what? It's called What About Community? You can get it online. It's on Okada Books. It's on Amazon as well. What About Community? In fact, I'm just going to drop, wait for a week or so. I'm going to drop the price to almost nothing because I want everybody to read it. It's about that sense of interconnectivity that I think many parts of the church is losing. Okay, I've got an eye on the time there. We'll wind up now. Begin to wind down. Everybody can grow and develop and be shaped in all kinds of ways. It is mostly within their power to do so. It, of course, takes vision, motivation, and action, okay, to grow and develop. But we must, we must harness our individual growth towards the balanced and productive growth of the body. Just like, have you ever, in fact, I toyed with the idea of putting a picture of a bodybuilder on there. You, you know bodybuilders, don't you? And especially modern day bodybuilders, the champion ones, they are so ridiculous in their shapes now that you think, what the heck is that? What animal is that? 
I mean, in the days of Arnold Schwarzenegger, they were a lot more artistic, a lot more life. You know, the balance you could see there, you know, very statuesque, you know. Uh, but now, it's like, it's like, what is the use of that tie? I mean, it's not, sorry. I mean, I, I work with weights and I, 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 but, you know. And that is the problem sometimes in church, unfortunately. The thigh wants to overshadow the rest of the body. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Now, who is the thigh? I don't know. Maybe it's you. The biceps, like we used to joke about some guy, one guy like this. Ah, this guy needs wheelbarrow to carry his biceps. You go to the gym, and my daughter jokes, ah, that guy forget leg day at the gym. Because everything else is like this. The legs are like this. The legs are like this. You see the guy going, eh. But, but when, you see the, when you see the top, it's like Johnny Bravo. It's like that. Beware of overdevelopment of one part of the body. Every time I exercise, every time I do, especially if you're looking to build muscle or looking to build strength in that, remember, is to compensate for other parts. Is to help the general well-being of the body. Let's apply that to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ as well. But we must all work. Too often we want the benefits of the church. The forgiveness, the miracles, the prosperity, the benevolence etc., etc., and have very little concern for the church as the body. So I end with this statement, which is another message of mine. Do something for Christ's sake. And I mean that is a, double, is a double-edged uh, sentence. Do something for Christ's sake. Get off your, what do you call it? Loud here. Get off your buttocks <laughs> and do something. Do something for Christ's sake. As in, both as an expression of frustration and also as a motivation for Christ's sake, for the sake of Christ. Get engaged, get involved. Get engaged. Get involved. Finally, you all know the story of uh, Rahab. Rahab the harlot. James calls her. That's a reason for calling her a harlot. You think, I don't know if you ever think about this. Sort of thing. Rahab the harlot. This is New Testament, uh, Apostle James. Stop saying words like that. He, I think he wants to let us know that even in her condition as a harlot, she saw the future. She got engaged. The woman saw clearly what was going to happen. Oh, if I had time. Got, in, got involved. Ended up in the lineage of Jesus. Ended up being mentioned in the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews 11. Just by that simple interaction, 
she did something. She did a lot, actually. That woman did a lot. She, won, she, she said, it's not my time to go. <laughs> Whatever it takes, I will be part of this body. And together, we will bring the Messiah. Whatever it takes, she made them swear. She did all, I will be part of this kingdom. And together, we will bring the Messiah. What are your thoughts today, my brother, my sister? What are you thinking? Is, is it just about the bills? And they're important. Don't misunderstand me. Always say, ah, John, when the eating finished, that's when they start saying people should not think about bills. No. No, 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 no. I understand bills are important. Responsibility is important. But guess what's more important, though? Well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, I hope I've said something meaningful today, Lord. Jesus, Lord, I hand over to you now. I ask you to make use of what I have said. Thank you for your presence with me up here. Thank you for your presence in the, in the house. Thank you for the seeds that have been sown. Thank you for the grounds that you prepared for today. We hand over to you, Lord Jesus. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much.